We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So now, Brian, let's talk about kind of the future. Let's go position by position, kind of where yeah, well, let's, Notre let's Dame's... Set, yeah, let's set the premise of what this means. Yeah, okay, go. Right, like, no, you go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to just jump into position. I want to kind of explain, like, right. I, 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 like basically, it's like, where based on where the team ended the season, right. who it was in 2023, where does Notre Dame need to get better looking forward to 2024 to be a team that is capable of competing for a championship because of the offense. Right. And it can turn around quickly. I mean, Washington oh, yeah. went from four and eight to 11 and two, 14 and no. Michigan went from an absolute disaster during COVID year where they punked out on the end of the season, didn't want to play Ohio State, to now they're Ohio State's daddy. And they're the Big Ten's daddy. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I mean, just, just like that. Right. So in today's era with Portal, with coach, I mean, you can turn things around quickly. Very quickly, including team like Notre Dame. So where are they? Where are they short? And so we'll talk kind of scheme and overall coaching wise, and then we'll kind of go position by position, and then you know play and players and coaches is kind of will kind of be the focus. And we'll briefly hint about whether things are getting addressed, but we're not going to dive full into the 2024 yeah. roster and all that. That'll be for future shows. But just. You know, and it'll kind of give us some insight into why maybe they're making some of the moves that they're making or why they aren't making certain moves. Yeah, yeah. And and go from there. So let's just start, Vince, and I'll let you kick it off. Just overall offensive coaching. They're headed there in the right direction. Good, there were some good <laughs> things. Well, looking at 2023. Okay. The, the, the unit to me as a whole was just simply just not good enough. Yeah. Now – we can debate Jared Parker and whether or not he was going to get better. And I, you, you know, my stance with Jared Parker, I, I saw some things I really liked this year. I was looking forward to seeing what he could do in year two, but as a whole, the coaching wasn't good enough. You didn't have a, a coordinator who was, who was able for whatever reason, could have been the head coach's fault, could have been his fault, could have been whatever to bring everybody, get everybody on the same page until it was too late. Right. That's the biggest, the biggest flaw that I saw. Offensive line preparation wasn't good enough. Receiver coaching was terrible. And you couldn't get your veteran quarterback to play like you expect a veteran quarterback to play. 
Well, so and just personnel overall usage, personnel usage right. was not great. We talked, we, yeah. we kind of touched on that in the last segment. Um, and that's coaching. I mean, the, the kids aren't deciding who's going in and who's not going in and, and, and how that works. Right. Um, and I, and I think that did affect things in a negative way as well. Uh, mm-hmm. they're going to have, they're going to have to work on that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the way that they're just subbing incessantly, Yeah. that, that, that was too much for me. That was, that was too much. So you're right from a coaching standpoint, it wasn't good enough. But moving forward, that right, that's how we're doing this, right? It's what yeah. they were and and then what what's moving forward. There's already been two changes. Uh right. one one forced, one not forced, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but either way, the end of the day, both upgrades yes. in, in that in that department. Right. And um, so I mean yeah. that's 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 what we're looking at moving forward, in my yeah. in my opinion. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, and then you look at other, I mean, you're, you've got one of the best running back coaches in the business. I'm, I'm encouraged by the things Gino Gadouli did with the young quarterbacks, even though I'm discouraged by what he did with Sam Hartman. I, I will say though, there were, there were some times um, now there were times when they showed him on the sideline when Sam was coming off and Gino was pissed. That yeah, Sam and you can be pissed all you want. No, no, no you, I get you, it. You, you have your to be job to, to get him. Exactly. I get it. You're not it. doing what you need to do to have him ready to play on Saturday. Sure. At times, right? Sure. I, I'm all, the only point that I'm making is it's not like he was allowing it to happen. He was try, <laughs> but he wasn't able to, he wasn't able to impart whatever it was he needed to impart. Right. Which is kind of allowing. Easy. I get the, you're, you're, I get what you're saying. Like he wasn't accepting of it. There you he, go. That's he wasn't excusing it. He wasn't right. okay with it. Right. But it's still kind of your job to fix sure. it. Sure. Yeah, no, but I, I get it's that. not a magic wand though, where you just wave your magic wand and the guy does what you need him to do. Right. Right. And and so that's why I say, like, look, whatever anyone's opinion of Steve Angeli is, and there's he's the latest guy we're gonna all argue about all offseason. You the one thing we should all be on the same page upon when you look at where Steve Angeli was in the blue gold game sure. and really all spring, 
which was not very impressive, to be honest, to where Steve Angeli was in late November games coming off the bench and where he was in his first start, that's a lot of growth. Now, Steve gets credit for that because he's putting the work, and every player gets some level of credit because they've got to actually embrace the coaching. Sure. But you also have to give Coach Caduli credit for that because of his ability to work and develop your backup quarterback. That was a problem for Notre Dame for a long time. Could you get the backup quarterback ready to play, especially as a young guy? And the way that Steve Angeli played in the bowl game, you'd have felt like had they had to turn to him in November because of injury or whatever reason, he would have now and, and part of that's on Steve. Cause with all due respect to Gino Gadouli and all the good things he did, Steve Angeli's I'm not afraid of the moment was something he walked on the campus for the very first day. Oh, that's there. Sure. That was just there. That's who he is. Right. And we've said that since the blue gold, his first blue gold game, where he just like hey, you need a game-winning touchdown, and he just kind of had this, all right, let's go do this kind of mentality. And that's always been Steve. He's always had that I'm better than you think I am mentality. And there's the, the moment will never be too big for Steve. Now, the, now we could argue if the, the talent's good enough and all that. That's a fine conversation to have. It is. But the one thing you can argue is that Steve isn't a kid that wants it and has the demeanor for it he's already shown that and so you don't give Gino Gadulli credit for that but Steve's footwork has gotten better his release point is more consistent than it was a year ago his timing as a thrower he was always late in the spring in practice in the spring in in the blue gold game he was very indecisive not getting the ball where it needed to get to and all that and then you watch him this season not in backup and then you say well it's Backup minutes don't mean anything. There's no pressure. Well, there's pressure in the in the in the, in the bowl game. You know, you got to win the bowl game. It's sure. up to you. And he just came out and just was very decisive in the timing, you know, and all those type of things. And so, those are all things that you 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 give the position coach credit for help helping to yes. get development where he needs to get to. You know, I, I this is going to send us on a tangent, and I apologize. And we don't need to go terribly down this road. I wonder, and this is a complete speculation on my part, I wonder if Sam Hartman accepted the coaching. Just like you said, a player has to accept the coaching. I, I, I wonder if that's I wonder if that's the case. I was told that Sam was receptive to coaching. Okay. It's just hard to break a fifth year guy of habits he's been sure. building for five years. That's fair. In, okay. in in with with in defense of Coach Gadouli in that right. regard. It, it is hard to you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to break that. That's fair. And and in some ways they did. And it's hard to it's hard to get a guy like if Steve Angeli is ever the starting quarterback, he's always going to be gutsy and all that. And because that, that's just who he is, you don't need you don't need to push him to say, "Hey, man, take that shot, take that." Don't you know? Try and make that throw. That's he's he's gonna. If anything, Steve will probably be a guy that if he is the starter at some point in time, you're he'll probably have a couple bad turnovers early, right? Because he's trying to do something that he shouldn't, and you got to rein it in a little bit. You'd much rather have that, yeah, than a guy sure. you're like, can you please make this throw? Just try it. I swear it'll work out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right? You you kind of want that gutsy young guy that that'll test the limit sometimes in sure. practice or a spring game. And I'm not saying he'll have bad turns in the game. I'm more like thinking practice in the spring game, things like that. Where you're just like, buddy, there's no need to make that throw. Like there's trying to make a play, and then there's just you're you're being an idiot, or you're you know what I mean? Like you don't say sure. it like that, but you're like, you, no, no, I know what you're saying. No, yeah. 
Right. And but you want a guy like that to a degree because oh yeah, you, know, you can harness that a little bit more. So I, I, I you know, again, I, you know, you look at a quarterback position, Vince. I mean, we'll just slide into it, man. That's just a bit. That's one big position where Notre Dame just still is not good enough. And we're gonna find out if they can get there. Right. You know, and we'll have plenty to talk about that. But sim- simply put, when you just evaluate this twenty twenty three season, one of the common denominators in the moments that they weren't good enough as a team is they weren't good enough at quarterback. Sure. It's as simple as that. I mean, Absolutely not agree. even close to being good. Not enough playmaking, too many, too many mistakes. And mistakes meaning not picking up fourth downs. Yeah. You say well, you didn't you didn't turn the ball over against Ohio State. Yeah, you did. It's called turnover on downs. It's the same exact thing. It's no different. Him getting stopped short on fourth and one is no different if he would have tried to throw it to Davis Sherwood in the flats and got picked off. Yeah. It's the same end result. The other team now has the football, right? You lost chances to skip points twice in their territory on fourth down. That's a turnover. It's literally called a turnover on downs. Right. And you lost points. So you add those on to the other turnovers that were that happened in those moments, and it just kind of builds. Right. And your quarterback play just wasn't good enough. And it hasn't been good enough for a long time. Will that change moving forward? No idea. I'm very high on Riley Leonard. There was no convincing for me. We've been talking about Riley Leonard in the show for two years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but now he's got to prove it, right? I'm very high on Kenny Minchie, very high on CJ Carr. They got to prove it. Others are higher on Steve Angeli. He's got to prove it. But sure. the point is, like, say what you want. Steve Angeli is a more talented player than Drew Pine, physically mm-hmm. talented than Drew Pine. There's, I don't think there's any question about that. He's bigger. He's got a better arm. He's a better athlete. There's no, there's no question about that. And you know, he's a guy you can go ten and two with. But is he a guy? You know, maybe even eleven and one with next year's schedule, maybe. But is he a guy that you can then get into the postseason and feel like, hey, we got a shot to beat anybody because he's a quarterback? I have my doubts. If I'm wrong, great. Doesn't matter who it is. I don't have a dog in that yeah. fight. Right. It's, it's I'm going to give you my evaluation. And it is what it is. You can take it or you can leave it, whatever the case may be. But the fact of the matter is they weren't good enough at quarterback this year. I think between Riley Leonard, C.J. Carr, Kenny Minchie, Deuce Knight coming down the road, there's the potential for quarterback to stop being a problem. Because you look at the games this past weekend, and J.J. McCarthy was not good the first three quarters against Bama, in my opinion. Just wasn't good enough. Missing throws, just, you know. But when the game was on the line, J.J. made plays. And so did Blake Corum, right? But J.J. also made some plays. And Jalen Milrow did not. When the game was on the line, Michael Penix made big plays. When Texas needed Quinn Ewers to make some big plays to get them back in the game, he did. It's still quarterback-driven, Vince. It's still quarterback-driven. And the fact of the matter is, is, Notre Dame is a lot closer where they need to be at every position except quarterback as far as right. that championship climb. That's going to be the big question mark. Do they have the horses yep. on the roster now to do it? We'll have that conversation and we'll find out. Right. But what I do know, when I watch this 2023 team play, they weren't nearly good enough at quarterback to be a championship caliber football team. Absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. You know, and and we can think about what we think about, you know, the the roster and and what these guys are going to be and what they're projected to be and all of those different things. But as of right now, the guys that have played, because we're talking about 23, this is a position that is not ready 
to win a championship. And we've we've talked about this for a long time, you and I, before Irish breakdown, before everything. You know, Notre Dame is a championship level quarterback away from either winning a championship or being involved in the legitimate discussion of a championship. Mm-hmm. That's what they're missing. And you know, in their rearview mirror, looking at 2023, they're still missing that. You know, whether that guy's on the roster now or will be in the future of a committed guy or however you want to say it, right? That's what they're missing. Mm-hmm. And you will see this team take a tremendous step in the right direction once that guy is behind center. Sure. Whoever that guy is. And yeah. I, I think it's funny that you said, you know, uh, that you don't care who it is. I don't if you yeah. ask me the question, do I care if Steve Angeli is the is the, the quarterback of a national championship Notre Dame team or CJ oh. Carr or oh. Riley Le- I don't give a I just who. don't think he is that guy. Correct. And, that's and if I'm different. wrong, great. Right. Yeah. Right. If I'm wrong, just I like will... Mitchell Evans. Like I did not think Mitchell Evans was going to be the player he turned out to be. And sure. I'm happy as pie that he is. Yes. Hundred percent because I'm a Notre Dame fan. Yes. You know what I mean? And I'm and and I don't need to hold on to evaluations that you know I don't want to admit I'm wrong. That's just, that's just, that says more about you than it does me if you think that. <laughs> right. It does because everybody gets evaluations wrong. Sure, they do. I evaluated of, the Mike Denbrock thing wrong. Okay, so <laughs> right, which hey, no chance. Like, but I'm other cool. people who make a lot more mistakes than you do want to grab onto that. Yeah, right. And it's all good. That <laughs> like, says I'm more. Cool with that it. says more about them than it does you. Yeah, right? for sure. I, but, but yeah, that's. But it's, if he is great, but the point that right. that's not the point. The point is, whoever it is, Riley Leonard, right. CJ Carr, Steve, Kenny Minchie, Steve Angeli, Deuce Knight, some transfer in twenty twenty five, we don't know about yet. I don't know who it is. Right. But as we have seen in college football, the best way to go from being good to a champion for for the most teams, Michigan's a bit of the exception because Agreed. they're winning in different ways. For most teams, it's. You have a jump and play a quarterback. Yeah, you take Notre Michael Penix off that football team and put about any other quarterback in college football. Washington is not fourteen to zero playing for a championship. Agreed. Just not. Yep. You take Bo Nix off of Oregon and put any other most other quarterbacks in college football on that team, and they're not as good as they've been in the last two years. They're just right. not. You know, and 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 even JJ McCarthy to a degree. The one thing JJ did that past Michigan quarterbacks not been able to do is when stuff is breaking down, JJ can go make a play. A lot of times with his legs, and there's value to that. Even when he's not ripping you up, throwing the football, there's value to that, and that's something I'm looking forward to seeing. But quarterback play has not been good enough. Running back, championship level. 100%. Tight end, championship level. Those two positions, easy, bam, right there, championship. There's championship talent. And there's championship production. And and championship depth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what you meant by talent. But like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Depth of talent, sure. Yeah. Like next year, if 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 Mitchell Evans is gonna miss the let's say he misses the first month of the season, you're like, okay, you're gonna be fine. Right. Right. And then when he comes back, he'll be fresh and healthy. Cause the nice thing is, is like if I'm if Notre Dame is smart, I would I would well, I shouldn't say if they're smart because I don't imply that they're dumb if they don't. I would just say I'll, I'd really like to see them be slow bringing Mitchell back. Absolutely. Because if he misses the first four games, like guy coming off a torn ACL. If Notre Dame's going to play for a title next year, they're going to have to play 16 games. Yep. You need him at the back half. Yes. Not the front half. I will sacrifice yeah. him being there. Miami, Northern Illinois, Purdue, Miami, and Ohio, and Stanford and A&M 
if it means he's going to be even more fresh and 100% right. healthy for playoff game number one, quarterfinal game, right. semifinal game, and title game. Mi- mi- not, not that he's going to be ready for game one, but Mitchell Evans is not going to be the difference as to whether you win or lose the Texas A&M game. Shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. Be right. Yeah, With my rare and Cooper Flanagan and, right. and then the receiving talent and all that. If you can't beat that AM team who's right. losing half the roster and is in game one of a new coach's right. era, I don't care where the game is being played. But and but you've got much bigger issues than tight end. But you bring him back for a playoff run, he could be one of the difference makers and in that, in that scenario. 100 percent correct. And if you can develop Eli Raridan. Sure. To where he can be that dude while Mitchell's out. Right. Now you're in a situation where you have a 12 personnel alignment that is dynamic because teams have to account for Mitchell and Eli. Absolutely. And that makes you even better. Yes. So, but, but point is Vince, to your point, there are not a lot of teams that can lose a kid that was as productive as Mitchell Evans right. and say, you're going to be okay until Absolutely. he comes back. You're going to be just fine. With Eli Raren and Cooper Flanagan, you're going to be just fine. And Davis Sherwood can go in there as your third tight end and hold his own as a blocker. Yeah. I mean, he can do some things out of the H-back type stuff. And if Jack Larson's thrust into the field next year because of injuries, all right, so you have one of the kids who's a little undersized, but has some of the best ball skills that you're going to see in the 2024 class anywhere at any position, you're going to, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. So – it, it will be interesting. Running back same way. They were they yeah. were a championship yeah. caliber football team of running back this year. Oh my gosh! No yes. doubt. From from an elite talent level to the depth to production uh, production whatever you whatever yeah. metric you want to use, the running back room was was great this year, and it will continue to be that moving forward because you are losing a gr- a great talent in Audric Estime, a great talent, and no one's saying that you're not. Right, but but you are allowing now Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, you know Jabron Payne, name them, and then you've got the incoming guys as well to kind of pick up some of that slack. Right, you're going to be just fine, that, and that's what good teams are supposed to do, Vince. I mean, a perfect example: look at Texas. Right, you know they lost Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson from last year's team. Right, those those guys accounted for over two thousand yards just rushing last year and twenty three touchdowns, average over six yards a carry. Right, Jonathan Brooks comes back as their top back. He only rushed for one hundred ninety seven yards last season at Texas in two thousand twenty two as a redshirt freshman. He ran for one hundred forty three the year before and took a redshirt year. He had eleven career games and he had three hundred thirty some yards coming into the season. And then Jonathan Brooks in only eleven games for Texas. Rushes for over 1,100 yards and is a awesome running back. 11 games. He has 187 yards, 1,139 carries. or I mean, 187 t- carries, 1,139 yards, 10 touchdowns, 6.1 yards per carry. And he caught 25 passes for 286 yards and then gets hurt. He gets hurt against TCU and is out for the year. So what happens? You pop in freshman C.J. Baxter. He starts playing more. Jadon Blue, redshirt freshman. Sophomore player starts playing more. So CJ CJ Baxter comes in game after TCU after uh, Brooks goes down. He rushes for 117 yards, and then the rest of the year rushes for almost 300 yards the rest of the way, over 300 yards the rest of the way. Right, Jadon Blue comes in. He doesn't play a whole lot during the beginning of the season. He has 55 yards against Rice, minus two, 14, 17, 28, 0, 0, 44, 11, 0, 18. Last three games, 121 and a win over Texas Tech, 
33 in the in the Big 12 title game, and he goes nine for 59 last night. And he also catches in the last four games 13 passes for 122, 27, 120. Uh, let's see here, minus seven hundred twenty-eight yards in the last four games. Right, that's what good teams do. Doesn't mean that Audric estimates not a good player, great player. It just means when you're a good team or you're a great team at that position, yes, it's just replace and reload, and that's what Notre Dame is is going to do. And and they did a great job this year. This is one of the best coaching jobs they did. Is you could have a kid like Audric Estime that produces the way he produced 1,300 plus yards, top five all time single season marks at Notre Dame in rushing yards and touchdowns, right? Seventh best all time of most 100 yard games. And you still found enough touches for your next three running backs who all can come back next year to have over a thousand yards of offense. That's that's great coaching right there by Dela McCullough and and the offensive staff. And and then of course the talent's got to be elite too, and it is. I mean, Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love are going to be the next group of players that Notre Dame fans want to argue about of who should play more. Of course, and, and I'm going to say both. Like, yeah. don't let's not do the team Jeremiah, team Jadarian thing like we did with Logan and Audric. They're both great. They're both going to play. Some right. days Jeremiah is going to be that dude. Some days Jadarian is going to be that dude. And other days, and it's going to be real fun when this happens, it's both of them in the same yeah. game. And I can't wait for that. Yeah. And But the fact is, man, that is a championship yes. caliber depth chart. 100%. Back. 100%. And tight end. Right. No question. And they are going to be coached by championship level coaches, too, in my opinion. Yeah. As so long as Dela, now if Dela McCullough leaves, I have that, a lot of confidence that Mark Freeman is going to hire a guy that can do that sure, as well. But sure. hopefully, but as of where we stand right now, yeah, yeah I mean, he stays for one more, yeah. at least one more year because right. he's a heck of a football coach, right? And, and and again, develops young men. He takes a lot of pride in developing young men, right? Not just not just football players, right? But young men, and you want guys like that around as long as possible at Notre Dame. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Final so, piece? Well, there's two more pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of talked about one, but yeah, let's let's go I mean, receivers first, Vince, okay. and we'll finish with O-line. Sounds good. Um, Sounds good. With where it was in 2023? Not close to good enough. Nope. Worse, wasn't coached very well. Technique was terrible. Yep. You had guys that didn't fight for the football. Yep. Uh, you can blame that on the receivers coach only so much. Right. I don't care how bad your receivers coach is. Still you either have that in you or yeah. you don't. 
Agreed. And there just wasn't enough of that. You had guys with talent that weren't playing with enough fire. You had guys with talent that weren't being developed and 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 weren't being pushed in the right way. Your your rotations made no sense right. whatsoever. Guys would make and big plays, and then you'd come them were, out, and you wouldn't see them for were, a series and a half. Guys were playing out just, of position. Like, yeah. it, it, I some, just, some of that out of necessity. You know, I, Deion I Foles, he gets hurt. Jane Thomas gets hurt. Sure. Somebody's got to play boundary. Yeah, no, you're you know, right. But, but still. Yeah, it it was just – it wasn't good enough. And, and the talent was very good. It wasn't elite. Right. You know, uh, but it was it was way better than it should have been. So it's not as far off as it as as we would think talent wise in 2023. You had a lot of injuries. I mean, Thomas was banged up all year. I mean, that's, let's be honest. If Jane Thomas doesn't get hurt, we're not talking about Mitchell Evans leading the team in catches and yards. 100% agree with that. Not even close. Right. Jaden Thomas would have. He, I mean, he, he literally caught four balls like every game until he got hurt. Right. You know, I mean, he, he had caught 50 passes this year. Absolutely. For 600-some yards. There, there's no There's no question. Uh, and that's but, on the conservative edge, too. Yeah, I mean, it's – Because, I mean, yeah. it might be one game where he just, you know, breaks Goes out for 90 or... when he goes right. – Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, that hurts. You can't just – Now, Jaden is not a true number one. He's not a – He's not Roma Dunze. He's not Adonai Mitchell. He's not that kind of guy. But he's still a really good football player, and when you don't have him, it's going to hurt you. Sure, you don't have Deion Colsey, who didn't play a whole lot, comes out, only plays like seven snaps in the ball in the first game, catches a touchdown, and then two other passes, including a diving catch. And then the next two games, they barely play him again. It's just the weirdest thing. It makes no sense. It just it just it's that. I mean, we say this before. At some point in time, as a coach, you've got to be willing to say this guy's just not a practice player. Right. I mean, you have to be willing to say that at some point in time when a guy has done enough in games. And it's not just what he did against Navy. It's what he did against Navy based on what he did last year when they right. finally played him. It's like they finally played him against Syracuse, and he was open. Ryan and I talked about this. <laughs> Deion Colson could have had 10 catches against Syracuse if they'd have thrown him the ball every time he was open. He right. didn't play that much. And then he goes out and makes a great catch for a touchdown against USC. When they threw him the ball, he makes plays. But for whatever reason, they just didn't want to play him. Okay, I don't know what that is. I mean, and I know he's not a good practice player. I see, I see it with my own eyes. We see him drop balls. Right. I get all that. Yeah, no, right. But at some point in time, you got to balance that and say, okay, we're gonna have to play this kid more because when he gets on the field on Saturdays, he just goes and makes plays. Right. But then he gets hurt. And right. you know, could discuss if he would have come back, should have come back, and all that, and why he wouldn't have, and all that. And that's a different conversation for a different day. And then you look at how Tobias, he had his own issues, and then the way that they handled him was was wrong. Was terrible. You had Chris Tyree still learning a new position and not really, really diving into using him in a lot of the ways that, that he should have been used. And they're just – and then Great House comes off great. He started off great, and then they start putting him in positions that he's not prepared for, and then he gets hurt, and it just was a hot mess all year. And then they force-feed Rico Flores down Sam Hartman's throat when yeah. Rico's a nice complimentary player that they tried to make a number one and uh, that hurt the offense as well. Right. And then just a lot of other things you've got Braylon James, you know, making plays. I was told at one point in time, the defensive coaches went to the offensive coaches and said, this kid's killing us. I mean, they're watching the receivers play on Saturday saying these kids can't stretch the field. And this kid's beating us like a drum in practice and nothing, nothing. So it just, it was just a, 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 a total cluster. You know what? all year the the talent's got to get better it's getting there 
Right. The coaching has got to get a lot better. I hope it's there. I, I've heard good things. I love what I saw in the bowl game. Right. And then when you look at the influx of talent, I'm not worried about receiver next year. But they got to prove it. I'm not sure. worried about the talent at receiver next year. Now it's show me time. Yeah. That's where I'm at with the receiving core. That's Yeah. No, I agree. It's not a lack of talent. I mean, I, I think that uh, overall, top to bottom, the talent level, especially going into next year, is going to be the best that it's been in a really long time from a depth standpoint. I really do. And if you've got a quarterback that's willing to spread the ball around and, and throw it to the open guy, there's going to be open guys with the talent level that is going to be in that room in 24. There's going to be. Now, is there going to be that uh, you know, that Heisman Trophy candidate type of wide receiver? I don't think so, at least not in 24. But the talent level from top to bottom is going to be good enough to be a championship level group, right? And I and I the early returns tells me that the coaching is going to be there. Jury's still out to a degree on that, but I like where this group is trending. They can't be worse than they were overall in 23. I mean, it, yeah. from, a, from you know, there's injuries. There was fundamentals. There was the off-the-field stuff. There was all of that. They can't be worse. They, they can't be worse. They cannot be worse. And I'm probably going to stick my foot in my mouth. Hopefully not. Moving no, if, it, if, if, you, if you do, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, so, I mean, it's, it's fair. I mean, because we've already seen yeah. one example of it, Vince, and it was some of the best receiver play we've seen all year. Yeah, yeah. Good call. for the ball. Yes. You know, getting open, finding soft spots, good route technique, you know, just playing and, with confidence. I mean, it was it was yes. noticeably different in one game. And the injection of talent that they're about to receive from right. not only the transfer portal, right. but from the recruiting class is going to just swell. It's going to be a groundswell, right, of of what this group can be. Right. Yeah. Right. No doubt. So last group, offensive line. We kind of talked about this a little bit before, uh, but the 23 version was not championship level. No. I mean, no. at all. They, they weren't. They, they... It wasn't even playoff caliber. I mean, right. even it's a borderline – it wasn't terrible. It was a borderline top 10, probably top 15 offensive line. Should have been top five, in my opinion. Should have been. Yeah. Should have been. And I, from the talent that they're losing, um, you know, obviously a tackle, even though the yeah. one, even though Blake well, Fisher regressed this year. Ta- yeah. Ta- talent won't be an issue. Talent's not the issue, right? I mean, you're replacing Joe Walt with a five star. Right, experience will be an issue next year, but yeah, t- talent, talent, talent was an issue this year. I'm, I would argue this, Vince. I'm curious your thoughts on this. I, I'm okay. sorry to cut you off. It's all good. Um, no one's going to be as good as Joe Walt next year. It would be unfair to even think that Charles Jagger should be anywhere in the universe like what Joe Walt was. There's Absolutely. so many differences between the two of them, you know, uh, as far as why Joe was so much further along than most other kids are, right? But Left to right, I think there's going to be more talent. Yes, in the offensive line than there was this year, from just a God-given ability standpoint. If the best five play, even if even if Pat Coogan starts, I I still stand by that because Pat Coogan in year two is going to be better. Should than be Pat better Coogan than Pat Coogan in year one. Yeah, right. Okay. Is that fair? That's all. So that's like, fair. Pat Coogan that's next fair. year should be better than Pat Coogan this year if yeah. coaching is even decent, right? No, that's so fair. I'm not even like pie in the sky, play your five star upside guys. I'm just saying, even if it's just the same lineup we saw 
in the bowl game next season, I think across the board, the talent is better. Because I think five, the inside talent yeah, is yeah. is definitely better than what it was this year. Just yes. God-given ability talent, right? Agreed. No, I agree with that. And I, and yeah, and I, and I think Jagasaw and Baker are, are going to be pretty good because for all the talent that Blake Fisher has, he was a pretty mediocre player this year. Pretty mediocre. And I, I think that's going to be an upgraded position next year. If, 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 and here's the big caveat, if Joe Rudolph is the coach we hope he is, then I think the offensive line should be a lot better next year for a lot of the same reasons the defensive line was better this year. Year two under a new coach, right? You had a coach that there was a lot of buy-in with that it's hard to deprogram stuff that was programmed pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and so now you're year two. Charles Jagasaw never played for Harry Heastan. Ashton Craig never really played for Harry Heastan. I mean, the one year, but he was a scout team guy. You know, Billy Shrouth missed half of his freshman year because of injuries. So he never really played for Coach Eastan. And and so and Ashton and, and and Tosh Baker played more under Jeff Quinn than he played under Harry Heastan. Now, this isn't meant to be at all a knock on Harry Heastan, because y'all know my stance on Coach Eastan. I think he's the best in the business. And I would have wished he would have stayed. I, I'm simply making the point that the transition can be challenging sometimes when you have a coach that's as respected as Coach Heastan is, it can actually make the transition very difficult when you've got a bunch of guys that were recruited by Heastan because Zeke Rowe was recruited by Harry Heastan. And then you go to to what they did. So next year, it's just going to be a little bit different deal. Plus, now Coach Rudolph knows his players better, their strengths and their weaknesses, just like Coach Washington did. And Coach Washington went from, you know, a question mark, as forget the recruiting, just as a coach, you know, what can he do, to I thought his line played – outstanding football this year Vince I don't know if you agree with that but I, I think they did yeah and so I, I I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to see a similar year two jump and the way the O-line finished the year once yes. the younger players were inserted has given me so much more confidence like absolutely before the weight game I'm thinking this is this is a problem right this is a problem but when I saw how well Ashton Craig and, and now there's still a lot of things he's kind of I mean we talked about I mean, they got to move their feet better, use their hands sure. better. But they they came along really nicely. Mm-hmm. In the three and, games that they yes. had, I, I was I was very impressed yep. with the, with how they did. I, and I all really the was. movement and stuff that Oregon State threw at them. I thought they yeah. handled it pretty well. Yeah, you know, and and that's not just a talent thing. That's a you got to be prepared to execute yes. thing, and and made them look like they played better than they actually did. They didn't actually dominate Oregon State, but they did their job and they did yeah. it hard, and it allowed them to be effective against a pretty darn good right. defensive line. They did it well enough to make the guys around them. Yes, be able and that's to do all you need. Job. Yes, exactly. Right. So I want a dominating I'm, offensive line. That's I'm, what I want. Yeah, I, I'll I'm, be selfish. That's what I and, want. And they need that if they're going to be a title team. They yeah. they need that. But I'm much more optimistic about the offensive line taking that jump in year two now than I was before the Wake game. Yes. Wake Forest game when all those changes. It was refreshing, to be honest with you, was watching those couple guys come in. And then, again, in the the bowl game, seeing the two tackles. Because I don't – is it fair to say I kind of expected Charles Jagasaw to play the way that he did? I I did. I mean, he kind of struggled at the beginning, got better as the game went on. Yeah, that's fair. But Tosh Baker really kind of impressed me. 
But Jagasaw doesn't do that if you don't coach him up to to, oh. to be mentally prepared to handle what's sure. going to be thrown at him. And, and yeah, that's Tosh fair. was the most pleasant surprise. Yes. Yes, yeah. I was very pleasantly surprised with the way he played. And so then when you talk about the sum of all the parts, I, I thought that, yes, there's some good things happening on the offensive line, whereas a month and a half ago, I might not have had that same thought process. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm with you on and that. And somebody one. in the chat made a point. Uh, one thing that I'm going to beg of Coach Coach uh, Dembrock and Coach Rudolph next year is unless you guys are willing to make personnel changes in the middle at left guard, Please stop running so much pin and pull with Pat Coogan. Please, for the love of all things holy, stop asking that kid. If you're dead set on playing Pat Coogan, that's you gotta, fine. You got to you got plays to because now you're hurting rank. Pat. Yeah. Now you're putting Pat in bad spots where he's not playing a game that he's good at. Pat is a kid that it, you can look. Could Notre Dame put a championship caliber line on the field next year with Pat Coogan at left guard? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. I have seen lines with guys not as good as Pat Coogan be championship caliber because the town around him is good enough. Sure. But you can't ask Pat to do things he's just not physically capable of doing at a high level. They've got to not do that. Now, Pat's okay on, like, the quick pulls. So, like, they can run, like, counter uh, to him or away from him, meaning he's just got to be that quick kick guy. He can do that. I'm but talking not... about the buck sweeps, the outside stuff, yeah. the screen game. He's just not going to get out there quick enough. That's just not right. who he is. Agreed. He's a guy that can quickly wrap and quickly, you know, do the quick, the quick, the short pulls. He can do short pulls. You just can't ask him to do a lot of the long pulls and the perimeter stuff. But um, yeah, I, I I I was very I was very pleased with what I saw from those. And look, and I know some people you know, I'm seeing in the chat are still not convincing Tosh Baker. And look, one game doesn't doesn't make your career. All these guys that haven't played a lot have a lot to prove. There's no doubt. Sure, Ashton Craig has a lot to prove. But the thing that gives me encouragement about Tosh. See, he's actually going against a really good group of pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Like all the top pass rushers for Oregon State played in that game, all of them, and he helped. He kept him in check. Didn't allow a single yeah. pressure the whole game. Yeah, and the That's one time he got driven back, guy got in his pads. He kind of recovered long enough to like keep the guy from getting to the quarterback. Now he's got to clean up those things and make sure he's playing with better, consistent pad level. But but yeah, you're right, Vince. I was very pleasantly surprised with how Tosh Baker played. Right, I really yep. was. And it makes me even really more was. confident about this group moving forward, to be yeah. honest with you. I, and again, it's one game, and I'll be the first one to admit that. It's one game. Right. But in the the sample size that we had of Tosh Baker before, which is only a couple of games, it's a night and day difference. It's a night and day difference for me. So, And, and there's been some years of growth and development between then and now, and I totally understand that and, and acknowledge that, but he's clearly been putting in some work, and he's clearly been coached up too. And so that is what gives me some optimism moving yeah. forward with him at right tackle. Yeah. I started hearing about Tosh making a jump last year under Coach okay. stand that they really liked the jump he made. Okay. And then there was even talk this year in fall camp of maybe moving him inside the guard because they just kind of felt like he's one of our best five. Gotcha. So to the Notre Dame coaching staff, it's not a surprise that Tosh played as well as he did. Good for to him. To us Good. it is because I didn't think Tosh him. played very well right. in some of the times we've seen him. Right, but to the Notre Dame coaching staff, uh, hmm. they weren't surprised. Yeah, like so, like it. Okay, hopefully they're correct on that, and, and I hope that they're right about about Pat Coogan if he's there. like. Look to me, as long as there's a legitimate starting battle at left guard, I don't care if Pat Coogan's starting left guard next year. If there's a legitimate battle, because if he legitimately beats out Sam Pendleton, Sullivan Absher, and when he comes back, Rocco Spindler. 
then that tells me Pat's ready to take his game to another level next year. If it's a legitimate battle, meaning he's got to win it to start, not the other guy has to be way better than him to get him out. But if he literally plays the best, then I'm good because that means Pat has raised his game. It also means that they've adapted the offense to fit more better what he does. Right. And, and and look, we see teams do that. So like they'll do it. Hey, look, we'll just do a lot of our long stuff with this, this, this side. I mean, it's a little tendency oriented, but you don't know that it's necessarily coming. And so they're just gonna have to be smart about that. But there's, I'll just say this, Pat Coogan won't be the reason Notre Dame doesn't have a championship caliber defense next year by himself. Now offense, offense excuse me, offense, because now he could be if if it's one of those things where they play him even though he hasn't necessarily earned it, right? Or they keep asking him to do things that he's just not good at. Right. What I mean is, if there's a legitimate battle and Pat wins it, there's enough there with Pat Coogan. Like Pat Coogan's not a bum. I hope people don't like. I don't think he's that great of a player based on the standard that I've set for the name offensive line, which is championship caliber. Right. He did not show me that he's that guy this year enough, but there were enough moments. Like, look, I'll just say like this. You just got to watch Ohio State game and say, if you use him correctly, Pat Coogan can be part of a really darn good offensive line that can can go toe-to-toe with anybody. Right? You do it once, you can do it again. Yeah. It's just, you know what I mean? So I, I just, I have, a, I have, a, I have a, ca- a lot of cautious optimism about the line next year. Cool. Will it be as good as 2017? No. Uh, will it be as t- good as 2015? Probably not. Those were elite best in the country lines. Can it be a top five offensive line? Yes. And that's where it needs to be. Right. Because they don't have to carry the team. In my opinion, looking forward, this off the, the running back room, the tight end room, the receiver room, the upgrade in town there, the upgrade of town at quarterback Vince. to me, they don't have to carry the offense the way that they did in other years. Right. The offensive line. Agreed. They just have to be really good. Agreed. Because like you said in the bowl game, you nailed it in the bowl game. They were good in the bowl game. They weren't great. But because your running backs were, right, it worked. Correct. They you allowed other guys to make plays. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we they saw gave, that at times with Aldrick this year where they, they weren't great up front. Yeah. yeah. They weren't great against some of the teams Aldrick went off against, NC State and others. But they just kept the body on a body and then let Aldrick go do his thing. Right. That and, and they gave Steve time, right? right? To your point. I mean, they just kind of did their job against a pretty good front, and then the skill talent took over. You just can't play the problem this year was that they that they did they played bad at times. Right. It wasn't even like they didn't play championship caliber against Duke. They didn't play a championship caliber against Louisville and Clemson. They played terrible against those teams, not by championship standard, by any metric. Yeah. Of where have how you evaluate offensive line play. They were terrible against Duke. They were terrible against Louisville. They were not, they weren't terrible against Clemson. They just weren't very good. Right? Clemson wasn't nearly as bad as those other two. So that's the thing, Vince, is you got to avoid those games. Agreed. And 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 I I'm cautiously optimistic that we will see that next year. Yeah. Yep. Me that's, too. Yeah. The the arrow's pointing in the right direction for me with the offensive line for yeah. sure. Yeah. Agree. Agree. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this part of the podcast so make sure you hit the like button and, and we'll do deeper dives into 2024 of course starting oh next gosh. week yeah and and beyond for that matter i mean and that will potentially change when we hit 
spring practice and we see kind of some guys running around and doing some different things and you know how, how all that goes so but uh, in the meantime make sure you hit the like button the subscribe button the notification bell share with your family and friends hit the boards uh boards.irishbreakdown.com for all of the latest info yes including all the stuff from the from the arm from yes. the all-american bowl ryan is down in san antonio now Yep. He just sent me a bunch of practice clips. We're going to work on putting that together. So uh, Ryan will have in-person content all week from the Army. From the like, I'm just going to call it the Army All-American Bowl, guys. That's what I've always known it to be. It's, mean, just, the, it's just the All-American Bowl now. Oh, I thought the Army was still involved. Okay. No, no, they're not. Um, so, but he's down in San Antonio. He'll be down there all week. So he's got he took some he's got some video of Kingston and Cam Williams from today. Nice. He'll go see the the uh the East team tomorrow that's gonna have Bryce Young and Kedron Young on the East team. And then the game is the sixth. So what's that Saturday, Vince? The sixth, sixth of Saturday. Yeah, yeah game Saturday. Saturday. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, lot, lots to do. That's irishbreakdown.com, boards on irishbreakdown.com. You'll get all that good stuff. Yep, yep.